Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. Welcome into the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp officially in the intro. Only took us two months, Okada, but we did it. John, you're in the intro now. Last time we did it, you were in oh, there three man. times, but we actually have the real intro yes. Up yes, on the show tonight. Boys, how we doing? We're hanging. Um, what an interesting question. Yeah, how how are we doing? Let's check in on one another. Um, yeah, I mean, we're what, on day 12, 13 of quarantine at this point? Something like that, with no end in sight, it's uh, it's rough. I should rough. probably figure out what date like it started. We should each figure out our quarantine date, you know? Well, Arizona so we still have isn't a counter. technically, like, I don't have an actual You don't quarantine. have a shelter in place? Uh, no. Wow! Uh, we technically do not have one yet, which shocks me. We have the practice social distancing and, you know... Stores are closing or limiting hours. Restaurants aren't doing dine-in. They're only doing carry-out. Um, stuff like that. So I don't technically have a shelter in place. I'm just being smart about it and doing that anyways. So yep. I'm waiting. Um, Arizona is just about to top 1,000 confirmed cases. So I'm I'm waiting for the call any day yeah, now. I'd it's assume. only a matter of time. Yep. I am actually really excited for tomorrow uh i'm going in to work because i fall into the healthcare realm i'm still allowed to go into work uh and i'm only seeing a few patients that need to be seen they just had surgery like two weeks ago so it's terrible timing but i'm actually super excited to go talk to a human face to face tomorrow uh in person so that'll be good but guys tonight we are talking dynasty rankings we just updated our rankings live on the site head on over to red shirts fantasy football Dot com click the rankings tab click dynasty you will see the updated top 12 quarterbacks that we're going to talk about on tonight's show and guys there are some good ones here especially when we get to the back uh, 8 9 10 11 12 in the ranks there's going to be some good discussion on those guys on tonight's show so i'm really looking forward to it before we do a reminder you can find us all uh, on your social media platforms we are at red shirts ff pod if you're watching live on Facebook or Twitter, you will see that on the bottom right corner of your screen, along with our own handles on your screen. I am at the Fantasy PT. Okada is at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. All right, fellas. Before we get into the uh, rankings, we have a little bit of news, and I don't even want to say that it's really news. We just have one signing to get to. Let's go ahead and talk about it. I got great news, guys. Oh. Oh. All right, guys, we have one free agency signing to discuss. This just happened, uh, I believe, yesterday. A new signing for the Lions, Geronimo Allison, now leaves the Packers, heads to Detroit. Guys, what are your thoughts on the signing there? Mm, It's interesting. I've been a Geronimo Allison fan and truther for a few years now. Because I feel like every time he got an opportunity in Green Bay, he really seemed to capitalize and had some great fantasy weeks and stretches. Um, but I think that maybe there was, I don't know, you know how Aaron Rodgers gets. Sometimes he decides he doesn't really like someone so much. 
Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling kind of seemed to jump up above him a little bit, and then Alan Lazard last year seemed to do the same thing. It's just like whatever Rodgers is feeling like at that particular moment is what's going to matter to the team. And so I'm guessing that he doesn't feel a connection with Geronimo at the moment, and so they didn't feel like bringing him back. And the Lions, uh, pretty good receiving core, honestly. Yep. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones is probably one of the more underrated duos in the league. And now you add in a Geronimo Allison that's pretty... I, I've seen flashes that I think he is decently talented. And then you got... Uh, they brought back Amendola think so. for two yeah. years, I think. Yep. So you got a good slot receiver. I think Matthew Stafford has a lot of upside in redraft for sure. Maybe even... Well, we'll see how this year goes for Dynasty. But I think it might be a top 12 QB for me next year in redraft. I think that's fair. I mean, he was on pace for 5,000 yards before... The injury to his back last year so if he can return to form then yeah no doubt about it certainly that helps um it's really interesting that you bring that up about aaron Rodgers. like he has his guys that he trusts and if you're on the outside you're gone <laughs> so apparently geronimo is not at the cool kids table <laughs> for the packers nope. uh remaining obviously on the depth chart though we have Devonte adams as the bona fide number one stud receiver and behind that alan lazard seems like he's next in line for wide receiver two targets and he definitely had some games last year where he had some upside and was pretty productive now speaking to that same narrative okada apparently those two were hanging out last year they were boys mm -hmm. um spending time outside of the facility together guys alan lazard i feel like is no someone that no one talks about in in fantasy in dynasty i mean you could get him for what would you say like a third round pick probably in 2020 easily yeah I, I think that gets it done um i just made a trade that included Alan Lazard. I'm trying to remember what the package was that, how that came about. I think it was Jamison. I sent Jamison Crowder and a third, and I got Alan Lazard and shoot, who was the other receiver? Someone else right in that range. But I think it kind of worked out to being similar value between Crowder and the other receiver and the third and Lazard kind of offset so yeah i think that he's going for about a third maybe a late second you might have to spend yeah. but i think third might get it done i was gonna say somewhere on the crossover kind of between those two which to be fair in a class like this that's pretty good and yeah. pretty deep a third is kind of a, like a high third is kind of more like a mid-second normally anyway so that might be right yeah and i'd probably and, pay it yeah uh, yeah, if you can get it, you know, certainly Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's been able to support multiple top 24 wide receivers in fantasy. And uh, we'll see what they do in the draft. Obviously, a lot of mock drafts have them taking a receiver uh, either in round one or round two. And if that's the case, then certainly things could change. But if it stays as as is and they don't add anyone till round three, four, five, like Lazard could be the guy and he could be cheap enough to get some Aaron Rodgers targets, which obviously is beneficial. Yeah, I think that that's a situation <clears throat> where... I might not go out and buy Lazard on his own. Like, I got him kind of in a package, um, but I might not go buy Lazard on his own quite yet until we see how the draft shakes out. Because if they if they go out and they get, like, Jalen Rager in the draft, um, I'm really concerned about the volume that Lazard sees at that point. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I think that I'm kind of just in wait-and-see mode. If, if they don't invest a high, you know, draft capital in a wide receiver, then I think that that, you know, stands that they're kind of investing in Lazard being their number two. Yep, definitely. That makes sense. 
All right, fellas, on to the rankings for tonight's show. Again, we just updated these on the site, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. You can follow along there if you're watching live. If you're listening on your podcast app, pause it, go pull up the ranks so you can follow along, and then uh, hit play. All right, boys, we're going to get really hot takey here with our first two guys. We'll be quick on this. Oh, boy. Number one in our consensus dynasty ranks, number one for all of us. Mr. Patrick Mahomes, fellas, Whoa, I mean, what, what shocker to even say at this point? Um, stud, he's young, 24 years old. He has Tyreek Hill catching the football. He has Travis Kelsey catching the football. He just won the Super Bowl. Uh, the best arm talent in the NFL. Anything else to add, fellas, before we move on to number two? Um. Okay, I'm going to add this, Bets. Are you ready? This is going to be interesting. I don't think I am. Patrick Mahomes is my number one quarterback. He's all three of our number one quarterbacks, as well he should be. He's the most talented quarterback, if not player, in the league. And he is going to probably lead the league in touchdowns three out of four years for the rest of his career. Having said that, they're going to pay this man $200 million in the very near future. Travis Kelsey is going to be aging into his early to mid-30s in the next few years. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I don't know if they're going to be able to pay a guy like Tyreek Hill another contract with, when they're paying Patrick Mahomes the kind of contract they are. Certainly they have some young guys like Mikkel Hardman that could fill the, the gap. However, all I'm going to say is there will be a time when Patrick Mahomes is not as good for fantasy as he once was. I don't think that time is necessarily eight years or ten years away. I think it could be three years or four years away. So I'm, I'm in the mood or the, the sort of place with my Mahomes shares, if I have any, that I'm holding on to them and, and loving it for a year or two more. But then I might start looking to sell. So this is a very far in advance, maybe begin to think about it situation. No. Nope. 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 All right. Hard, hard no pass. To, nope. They don't like it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> the, the concern is real about the contract. So I yep. do think he'll have to pay. They'll have to pay other players, obviously. Uh, to try to keep them on the team, but they won't be able to pay them what they probably want if they play Mahomes the way they will, which is probably upwards of what, like 40 mil per year when uh, he resets the market. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a valid concern. And we talked about that with the free agency shows with Dak Prescott not getting paid and how it hurts your team. But I mean, you look at that system that he plays in and just how good he is. I mean, we talk about players being generational talents all the time, so maybe it's not even a real thing, but... <laughs> Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is that and, and you know the way he plays the game uh is is not too risky he protects his body for the most part uh I think he's safe and I, I definitely don't see a fall off coming anytime soon and I'm talking six seven eight years I guess let me ask it this way do you think that they had the best weapons in the league mm, I mean as far as maybe the Bucks running backs or not the Bucks definitely with Godwin for and a quarterback Mike Evans yeah. Top three teams for there. sure. I would say top three, guaranteed. So no matter how good Mahomes is, if he drops down to average weapons at some point, it's got to drop him down a little bit, right? Or do you think he just makes up for it completely on his own somehow? Yeah, but you're not investing in a quarterback that you expect to be the quarterback one every single year because that's not sustainable. That's not realistic. Even the best of quarterbacks happen. in their primes, you know, might slip down a few spots. Rodgers in his prime went bonkers in 2011. Was the all the rage still finished as like a top five quarterback the next year after that? I don't need Mahomes to be the like 
prodigal quarterback one every single year, 5,000 yards, close to 40 touchdowns. It's not going to happen mm. forever, but he's going to be a QB one, a top five guy probably for a very, very long time, even if we see Kelsey age out and if maybe they aren't able to pay Tyreek Hill, what well actually they'll probably end up tagging him, wouldn't you think, down the road when it comes to that? They'd probably end up tagging Hill if they've paid Mahomes the money. It's so possible. they'll probably end up holding on sure. to him um for at least a year after his contract's up. So I yeah, I, I think that his floor is the highest floor of any quarterback that's currently in the NFL. Yeah, I think those are valid points uh, on both sides for sure. I mean, right now, though, we can all agree Pat Mahomes, clearly the number one quarterback in our dynasty rankings. Number two, again, we are in consensus here. It is Lamar Jackson, the man who set the NFL on fire last season. Guys, what he did for fantasy was absolutely unreal. I mean, the rushing uh, production, the the passing, 36 passing touchdowns, he was perfect for fantasy. And if you had him on your roster in redraft leagues, I mean, my goodness, you won your, your league. No doubt about that. He is a risky player, though, in some aspects, given the amount of rushing he does, uh, the amount of exposure he has to tackles being hit, etc. But he still comes in at number two for us. Can we say the same about Pat Mahomes as we did for Lamar, or excuse me, about Lamar Jackson as we did for Pat Mahomes, about having a floor of being a top 12 quarterback for six, seven, eight years? Barring injury, yes. Barring injury, I think he's just as safe as Mahomes for different reasons. Namely, his rushing floor is insane. Yep. Um, and Mahomes builds his floor off talent that kind of just breaks the touchdown regression rules. Like, touchdowns are supposed to be fluky and kind of bounce up and down. And Patrick Mahomes is, like, so good. And, again, his weapons are so good that his touchdown numbers are probably going to stay uh, obscenely and unnaturally high, kind of like Russell Wilson has for a long time, but even better. Um, Lamar makes his hay off of running. The only concern is if he starts to get hit at some point and it leads to injury. Now, right now, he's pretty much impossible to hit, yep. so it's not that concerning. Do you guys think it's, you know, like in the near future that that becomes more of a concern, or is this going to be a several years of best rusher in the league? I think it's several years um, where he maintains that dynamic ability. And then I, I guess you'd hope that he continues to develop and progress, you know, as he grows in this league, right? You'd hope that you start to see more and more progression in his accuracy and his ability to, to throw from the pocket. Not that you want him to stay in the pocket all the time because he controlled the league with his rushing. He, I mean, he looks unbelievable when... When he gets the ball in his hand, I was just watching um, the replay of the playoff game between Baltimore and Tennessee. It was not his best game, but he just effortlessly ran for 40 yards. Like, it was nothing. No one could touch him. He scampered out of bounds when he wanted to, never even got touched on the run. That ability, from a fantasy standpoint, you're like, that's a quick four points. I mean, that's on, on one little run. That it's he a, it's does a passing touchdown in fantasy. Yeah, yep. it is with just one effortless little run that he scampers out when protection breaks down. It it's something else we haven't seen 
a quarterback that has that dynamic ability since Vic, and obviously he broke Vic's record. So, yeah, I mean, it's it we you hear it on every podcast. I mean, it is a cheat code in fantasy yeah. the way these quarterbacks get scoring uh, for fantasy points when they do uh, a lot of the production that they have on the ground. Similarly to like you said, Michael Vick, who every year in his prime was a top ten, top five quarterback because of how much he ran the football and. Right now, there's no signs of that changing for Lamar Jackson. So if that continues, I mean, his floor outside of injury is top five quarterback finish on the season. Um, very high confidence level to say that. However, compared to a guy like Pat Mahomes, he doesn't necessarily have the weapons that uh, Pat Mahomes does. Obviously, Mark Andrews, very good. Hollywood Brown, good at what he does. Although Okada and I are kind of down on Hollywood uh, as an individual player in Dynasty. John, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. But is that something that you could see come into the fold, let's say, two, three years from now, if he's not running the way he is right now? For me, it kind of potentially offers some some upside that I, kind of is the, the reverse, the mirror of what I was just talking about with Mahomes, where if Lamar is doing this with diddly squat, yeah. what could he potentially do if they eventually do get some weapons? If Marquise Brown does flesh into what they wanted him to be and stays healthy. Um, if they add a big body red zone threat type of guy that they yep. don't have. Um, so it could be that his passing numbers get even better and he doesn't have to rush as much. But I don't think that would necessarily be a negative. So I think that this one particular portion of Lamar is one of the places he has room to grow and it could maybe make up for losses elsewhere. So that it's one of my favorite things, honestly, about his situation right now. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. Um, he did it with a breakout young tight end, and that was really about it on the season. Yep. Like, Brown was injured almost the entire year. So he did it with nothing. So you got to think that they're going to be looking at adding wide receivers, um, you know, this season or next or both, and try to surround him with, with more weapons, more opportunities. So, yeah, I, I think that they're going to continue to give him tools and he's going to continue to progress and have, you know, more playmakers that can do more with less, you know, they get him the guys that can turn nothing into a 20 yard play, you know, turn busted coverage into a reception instead of him having to potentially run and get hit, you know, things like that. So yeah, I think they're going to continue to invest in that. I think that it's good news for his value on the long term. Um, yeah, going back to Marquise Brown, I don't know. Like, is he gonna develop into someone that can run good routes and 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 play the field the way that they want him to, or is he just a deep threat, which doesn't really serve their game? I, I don't know. We'll we'll see if he just continues to develop um, in that way. I kind of heard you know your guys's uh, take on him as well last week when I had to step off. So. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. I don't know if he's the answer. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, I, I think that he's going to be more of a boom-bust, deep-threat kind of option instead of being a consistent part of their passing attack. Great for real-life football, like I've talked about a couple times. You want someone like that to stretch the defense. Um, but for fantasy purposes, I think he's going to be a little bit hit or miss. We'll see if he continues to develop. Yeah, definitely. One guy who does not lack, lack any weapons <laughs> at all. Our consensus quarterback, number three. Okada, are you ready for the noise? Kyler Murray. Oh. 
Okada's heart just longs for this guy. Mm. Uh, and how can how can it not? I mean, <laughs> the dude just added DeAndre Hopkins uh, via trade a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thank you, Bill O'Brien. And you know the floor at this point seems quarterback ten, and he last year he was quarterback eight as a rookie in the NFL without DeAndre Hopkins. Guys, I mean the jump to number three for me hinges largely on the progression in year two and the addition of DeAndre Hopkins uh, here for 2020. Yeah, here's the thing, but Kyler Murray is closer to the arm of Patrick Mahomes than people understand and closer to the rushing ability of Lamar Jackson that people than people understand because we didn't get to see him run that much last year. They kind of, I don't know if it was protecting him, giving him just a chance to... You know, accustomed, get accustomed to the NFL for a while, but we didn't really see the the hamstring injury too. Yes, it was like week twelve, week thirteen. So the the last month of the season, he was definitely limited. So there is a lot of room for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler to unleash that ability in this offense this next year and in the coming years. He is an incredible rusher, but then he also is a very, very, very talented passer, and now has. I mean, that the addition of DeAndre Hopkins basically doubles the talent of that receiving core. Like, it wasn't bad, but DeAndre Hopkins is among the best in the league. And, it count, you know, that's 10 touchdowns right there. Easy. Easy. That, that they had okay guys trying to fill up those holes last year and would, you know, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that Kyler Murray more consistently finishes in the top four or five than any of the quarterbacks we talk about here because he has such a good balance of both of those talents. So I love him, as you well know. Yeah, to me, um, he's a faster Russell Wilson with more weapons. And and I'm yeah, that's, an, that's a great and I'm an right NFC I'm an NFC West guy. Um I'm terrified about the Cardinals offense for the next decade. It's going to give me nightmares. Um, There's a reason the Seahawks just went out, excuse me, and got another cornerback, which, by the way, they fleeced the Redskins in that trade. Um, It's because there's so many weapons in Arizona. It it was the DeAndre Hopkins effect. They're like, oh, well, we need more help in our secondary. Um, Kyler Murray is a crazy good runner. He has the pinpoint accuracy of Russell Wilson. Um, and he puts that thing on a frozen rope. I mean, he throws lasers when he wants to. Um, man, he's got the weapons around him to do basically whatever he wants. This is going to be a second-year coming-out party with Cliff Kingsbury going, all right, we're all in. We got you a lock top three wide receiver in the NFL. Um, let's go just air this thing out, take a massive second-year leap, give him the keys to the Ferrari that that offense is going to be. And, um, I mean, this offense could rival Kansas cities in terms of explosiveness this year. It's, it's going to be yeah. ridiculous. Yep. And definitely, you know, th- another thing that we've talked about on this podcast already, boys, if they add CD lamb, Oh, oh. oh baby. Ah. And either way, either way, the NFL draft is going to be a benefit to Kyler, they're either taking an offensive lineman with their first pick or CD Lamp. So either Seems way, like this it, yeah. is a good thing for Kyler, uh, no doubt about it in year two. Um, we love this guy, and certainly, you know, if he would if you would tell me today that he was going to finish as the quarterback one in 2020, 
I would not say that's an outlandish statement. It is possible. Uh, clearly, we don't think it's probable at this point, or likely, I should say, but it's in, in the realm of outcomes for him. Um, we'll just have to see how high his redraft ADP soars because I guarantee you come August, he's going to be, what, like round three, four, five, somewhere in there? In, um, like, one quarterback and, redraft? Yeah, in regular redraft leagues. Yeah, he'll be round three, probably. Yeah. And when Okada is all said and done, he will be a first-round <laughs> pick. Of course. All right, guys, on to our fourth quarterback in our consensus ranks, Mr. Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he comes in at four for Okada, four for John. I'm a little bit lower than consensus. I have him uh, down at seven. Where I have him here. Seven. Uh, and certainly, you know, it's not that I don't like Dak Prescott. I think I have a little bit of concern regarding the contract situation. But we have news coming out in the last three or four days that they are now back in discussion to potentially get back into a long-term deal for Dak. But, guys, the weapons, uh, Amari Cooper is locked in, Zeke is locked in, and Mike McCarthy, a, a head coach who likes to throw the football. So I think good things are ahead for Dak Prescott. Yeah, I really wavered on this one um, because I wanted to put Russell Wilson here. Um, a couple tiebreakers were, one, the system that Russ operates in doesn't allow him to capitalize on just the amazing talent that he is. He's he's kind of hand-tied up there in Seattle a little bit, still manages to produce incredibly well. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of gave a little bit of a, a youth nod to Dak on this one, too, because Russ is on the wrong side of 30. So, to me, it was really close. I really thought about putting Russ here, but Dak's um, youth... His upside, they're finally talking contract again. Can they please lock that up so we don't have to hear about it for another year? I'm so done about hearing that Jerry Jones wants to get it done and we just think that he's our guy and we really want to invest. Then freaking invest in him. Just give him the contract, get it done, move on so we don't have to hear about it. I'm sure that Jane Slater is getting pissed off about having to report on the same thing every day. Um, <laughs> just move on, get it done, lock it in. The weapons that he has is great. Now... Travis Frederick did just retire, which weakens mm -hmm. that offensive line, yep. and I think that's something to consider. Um, but I think that Dak is very good, very athletic. Um, he has a lower floor than the top three guys do, um, but I think that he has the ability to just continue to progress and get better. And I like the Mike McCarthy effect on him as well because those offenses that Rodgers um, – was cooking with for the most part, you know, put up really big passing numbers. Like we saw Jordy Nelson absolutely eat in that offense. So I, I like the Dak and McCarthy marriage and hopefully they can just continue to take steps forward. Yeah. And the other thing also, too on the coaching staff isn't just, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okada. Well, just really quick. Dak also has a little bit of rushing floor that mm -hmm, gets does. kind of overlooked. He's He's like a six, seven rushing touchdown a year kind of guy. That is something you can, I mean, you can't count on it as much as like a, 50, a 40 or 50 yard rushing uh, floor per game no. because it's touchdowns. It's a little bit flukier, but he has very consistently put rushing touchdowns on the board and you get five even rushing touchdowns in a year. That's 30 fan extra fantasy points. That's more than seven passing touchdowns. You just added to that guy's total. So that is a helpful bit as well. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is just that um, obviously, Mike McCarthy loves to pass the football, 
we also have Kellen Moore uh, staying on staff as the OC there in Dallas. And he was, I feel like, at the forefront of actually taking Dallas to a creative offense, which we had seen just get so stale for what felt like six years at that point before he got there. Um, so a younger offensive mind. We love that creativity in the offensive game plan. Should help Dak out a lot. Just for numbers All sake, right, guys, well, real quick, for numbers sake on Dak, um, this last year was his lowest rushing year so far with uh, 52 attempts, 277 rushing yards. Um, the 2017 season, his second season, he had 57 attempts and 357 yards so he's i mean he's essentially locked in for roughly like 250 to 350 rushing yards per year you can count on him to add and just a little bit extra you know that's that's extra pointage that you're going to get it helps just increase that floor form yep absolutely yep. all right fellows we are on to number five john's boy russell wilson my dude um fantastic quarterback really 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 solid every facet of the game he's got the mobility he's got the arm smart as hell at the quarterback position love this guy's decision making but guys there's one problem they like to run the football a lot up there in seattle as john will tell you. and you'll hear us say this on the podcast over and over again if they let russ cook he could be clearly inside the top four maybe the top three uh i know he said you know he's on the other side of 30 but he's still young enough that he'll be around for another six years or so, at least in the NFL. Um, and I have zero concerns about Russell Wilson slowing down, especially with guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf catching the football. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Russell Wilson. He is the quarterback that I put the least analysis into when I'm deciding what to do in my rankings. Because every other quarterback, I'm like, well, let me see what... Uh, what are his yards for attempt, and what are his weapons like, and uh, what is the offense going to do? <laughs> uh, what is the age? Calculate that all together. All right, here's his rank. Russell Wilson says screw you to all that yep. every single year yep. and just does whatever he darn well pleases and is a top five, six uh, quarterback every year. So I, I'm done trying to figure him out, and... Uh, and put him into a hole, which would normally be like 11 or 12 based off of how often they throw. His weapons are decent, but they're no, you know, Buccaneers or Chiefs that we just talked about. But he manages to make stuff happen that is insane. He's one of, probably the number one wizard of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And he will make nothing, something out of nothing or nothing into something, however you want to say it. And so I'm just going to rank him up here until I see otherwise. So he's going to be a top five QB for me. Uh, without much thought. Yeah, he's just a top five quarterback until he's not. Like, that's basically yep. what it's going to be. Um, Russ is amazing. His ability to create is, you know, some of the most, like, creative, poetic ability that we see in the league is just ability to scramble one direction and then loop back the other and then flip his body and put it 40 yards into the corner of the end zone to lock it. Like, it's it's outstanding. He transcends that system. Like, he's so much better production-wise, actual football winning ability, like, everything about it. He transcends what that system is. That system is is crap. If they had a lesser quarterback in Seattle, they already would have blown it all up. Pete Carroll would have been fired. 
and they would be starting over. Like, that's what would be happening if they didn't have Russ. Russ makes them work. They put him into terrible situations where we run on first down, we run on second, now it's third and long, Russ makes something happen. And it drives me absolutely insane. Now, I am hoping, hoping and praying that they are looking at potentially opening up this offense just a little bit. Like, just a touch. I don't need you to be the Chiefs, but just enough. Open it up Maybe enough. Maybe just on first down once in a while. Yeah, just on first down. Just for the <laughs> heck of it, you know? Let Russ call the play. Just be like, Russ, first down's yours. Do what you want. Great. Yeah. Go out and, there. And that's, yeah. Honestly, that's all the, That's all we can say negative about him and about him as a fantasy player. Okada, I remember last year talking about our redraft ranks. Uh, and my One of my hot takes was this is going to be the first season yep. Russell Wilson will not finish as a quarterback one because of the fact that we were like, we're not going to let him throw the ball. Obviously, he's not going to have the volume to succeed at that level, Doug even though he's gone. still great. Yep. Doug Baldwin's gone. Yeah, I think I had him at like 13 or something like that or 14. And clearly he said, nope, I'm still going to be here. I'm here until I'm not. So that's our ranking on him. And honestly, if they let him open up the offense even more, he will make a run at a top three finish. Yep. Uh, he is that good. Fellas, before we move on to number six, I want to let everyone know that tonight's show is brought to our, our listeners by our good friends over at tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. Guys, this is my, my good friend. John is a personal trainer, a fitness coach. He is here to help you guys through these difficult times. Obviously, gyms are closed. You're not really supposed to go outside. What are you going to do to get fit? You're going to get fit in the comfort of your own home through John's workouts. So follow him on Instagram at uh, tiny whiteboard workouts. He is giving away uh, his content, his workouts for free, but you can train with him. And that's where uh, the value comes in is one-on-one -on -one personal training from the comfort of your home. He's offering uh, a buy one month, get one month free to help everybody out with these hard times. Obviously, uh, financially, we're all struggling here a little bit with job security, not being what it was uh, even a month ago. So, Check out tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. And when you go over to his Instagram, let him know that we sent you. Uh, let him know who you came from the red shirts. All right, boys, we're on to number six. A guy who, honestly, as of a month ago, was probably at quarterback three in our ranks. Deshaun Watson has fallen all the way to six because of the fact that he just lost DeAndre Hopkins. We already talked about it with Kyler Murray, how big of an asset he is. And, and you know, just in, in the offense in in the Texans offense, DeAndre Hopkins literally was pushing like 30% target share every single season. Guys, I don't know who Deshaun Watson is going to throw the ball to this season. Um, I'd actually like you to start because you have Watson ranked the highest of all of us. Ooh. Ooh. Let's chat. Let's chat about that real quick. So I've got him uh, at four still. You're at five. Yeah, where, where do you uh, have Kyle Russ? Seven. Where do you have Russ? Russ, I have at seven. Yeah, you have Russ at seven and Deshaun Watson at four with mm. the ghost of Will Fuller's tendons on the outside. I, I don't <laughs> understand your ranking. You're hanging on by a thread. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and most of my confidence in Deshaun Watson, and again, I it's a hit, no doubt about it, um, is just the fact that he is so good and he is so mobile. Uh, and I don't think that Russ has the same mobility that Deshaun Watson has. Do I think Russell Wilson has a higher ceiling at this point this season? Yeah, I probably do because of the fact that it's Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, who you're never going to hear me say that I have confidence in his health. Um, Kiki QT was in the doghouse all year last year. So there's definitely reason to be, to be concerned. But I'm going back to 
what we've seen in his time in the NFL, uh, his elusiveness, his, his competitiveness, he, the fact that he's a winner, the fact that he um, is still, what, 24, 25 years old, super young. I think the age difference is where I have him just above Russ, but I can't fault anyone for going the other way. Mm, man. Uh, okay, so I had Deshaun Watson at five, which is not very low at all. Um, but this is a guy who would have been in the two, three range before Hopkins left. And it, it, that is the kind of difference this makes, which is insane. Additionally, they have not really fixed this offensive line yet. And I don't know when they are going to, um, don't ask it Bill. Is, it's not yeah. happening. I don't it's trust Bill year. to do it. No, I don't trust Bill to do it, which is one of the main problems. Um, and that is a problem for Deshaun because he gets beat up. Oh, so bad. Yeah. So bad. He gets sacked like crazy. Sometimes when he manages to avoid the sack and make a throw, he still is getting hit. We saw him make that d- disgusting play. I think it was oh, in the playoffs where he yeah, got hit by bills. two guys at once and that didn't get phenomenal. sacked. So the sack numbers don't even tell the whole story. I, I am concerned about Deshaun Watson's future. This is a ranking that could probably drop for me. Um, I tried not to overreact with the loss of Hopkins, and so I think that's why I kept him up at five. But he could be a guy who falls, for example, below the next guy we're going to talk about pretty easily. I can I have considered it and am considering it. Why it's rough just, for Deshaun let's Watson. Let's go right there. Let's okay, let's do right it. There. We'll just talk about the two because I think it's a great conversation. And John put himself out there. He said, you know what, boys? I'm doing it. I'm putting Josh Allen above Deshaun Watson in my dynasty ranks. Uh, so we have Josh Allen coming in at number seven. He's coming off of a quarterback six finish last year. Uh, I agree, man. I just feel like those two are so close. John, why would you rank Josh Allen above Deshaun Watson? Yeah, um, to me, Josh Allen doesn't get nearly the respect that he deserves um, for being an absolute baller, a scrambler, ability to run. I, I mean, he's way more athletic than people give him credit for. Um, and they just signed Stefan Diggs. So to me, it, it was really close. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my rankings, and I'm going, am I really going to put Josh Allen ahead of Deshaun Watson? And I labored on that like back and forth for like half an hour. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to because he's more accurate than people think that he is. Um, part of his incompletion percentage is the fact that he smartly threw the ball away quite a bit. Um, he's growing in his accuracy. He's growing in his ability, uh, to get the ball into playmakers hands. He's still not the most accurate passer. Yeah, I know that. Like, I know that he doesn't have Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray accuracy. Well aware of that. I'm not saying that he does. He's not a sharpshooter, but he gets the ball deep. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's got wide receivers that can go make plays on it. Um, he gets the ball into his playmakers hands. He can run. I think that he's better set up he has a better line he has better weapons he's in a system that seems to really be focusing around his strengths like they are tailoring this offense around Josh Allen um I think that he's set up for success better and part of it is the fact that I don't trust Bill O'Brien for Deshaun Watson at all I can't Mm -mm. put any faith there losing DeAndre Hopkins to me was a massive massive hit because I don't have the numbers offhand, but I'm going to ballpark that he was like 30% of their offense, something along those lines. Like, it's it, the impact of losing him when they have 
literally nobody else that can stay healthy on that roster other than Kenny Stills. Like, he's the healthiest option that they have in their wide receiver room. Um, that is terrifying to me for Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson, two years ago, was sacked 62 times. They're like, we're going to improve our offensive line. He still got sacked 44 times this last season. He gets pulled. Part of that, though, just to play devil's advocate, part of, part of that is he does hold on to the football. Because he has yeah. no one to throw That's to. That's fair. If they're bracketing well, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Said, like, yeah, but you just said Josh Allen. One thing that we shouldn't knock him on for his completion percentage is that he did throw the ball away True. smartly, which I agree with. Yep. So Deshaun Watson, I think, needs to learn to play within his own skill set, obviously, yeah. not do too much. Because I agree, that's a major concern for Deshaun Watson for his health. Remember, he has two torn ACLs previously, one in each knee, and he gets hit a ton. So I like that Josh Allen does that. I like that he's able to get out and dump it off or throw it away when it's not there. Yep, absolutely. All right, fellas, next up on the list, number eight, we are going to Carson Wentz of my Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, last year, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a homer in saying this, Carson Wentz played out of his mind. With what he had at the receiver position, he had a very, very good season. Obviously, health was a major concern for a lot of people, not necessarily us, uh, coming into the season. But he played all 16 games, obviously went out in the playoff game. Uh, but a, a very good quarterback, still very young. And I think there's only better things ahead for the entire offense because of the fact that they are likely going to take a wide receiver in round one of the NFL draft. Obviously, Zach Ertz, still a stud. Dallas Goddard, uh, an up-and-coming stud at the tight end position. Um, certainly things to like about the Philadelphia offense. So so my quarterback's in the top 10. And and bets your quarterback's in the top 10. Okay. This is true. Do you see Okada's in there? I don't. I don't. Th- who Who's their quarterback? <laughs> That's because no one knows who it is. Yeah, Just we- for <laughs> the record. <laughs> Depending on who they get, Jarrett Stidham, our number five dynasty quarterback, he will still not get into the top ten because his receivers will be trash. So, uh, you know what? My quarterback is going to be in the top ten in redraft potentially because he's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin thrown down That's the not field. Your quarterback. So, he's not your quarterback. I mean, listen, he's my boy. Whether or not he's my team's quarterback <laughs> is a whole other story, but. He's well, my yeah. So I can say my quarterback's Pat Mahomes, and we're all happy here. Like, no, no, no. your <laughs> no, quarterback. No. He's not your boy, like your Tom is my boy. Is is Stidham. Jared Stidham? That's your quarterback. <laughs> Instead of my trust, he's probably not even in the top thirty-two dynasty quarterbacks, and there's only thirty-two teams in the league. <laughs> well, I'll tell you so, what, if they get through the draft without taking one, he may crack the top 32. So, maybe. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Get on that. <laughs> but going back to Wentz, um yeah, Wentz is someone that I love and I think that he did more with less than anyone in the league last year. Um they've got to address it. They need honestly to draft like three wide receivers this year. Um, get this dude some weapons, please give him a chance. Um, you know, he hasn't quite been the same as that MVP caliber season that we saw him have before he hurt his knee. Um, and then last year he started to kind of put it back together and played really, really well with Nelson Aguilar, who drops everything as his best wide receiver. Now, yeah, he's got some good tight ends to throw the ball to. 
Miles Sanders gets involved in the passing game, which really helps him. That really helps um, pad his stats and help his fantasy numbers. Um, But they need a first-round talent at wide receiver and then to get more depth behind that later in the draft. So I think that it's only going to get better, like you were saying. I mean, if it's... I don't know. If it's Jerry Judy that ends up there, if it's Jalen Rager that ends up there, that's automatically, by default, your wide receiver one from day one coming in. Yep. My favorite rookie that potentially could land there is Justin Jefferson. I would love that. I think he's perfect for this offense, uh, the big slot receiver. Obviously, that's where Aguilar played, and it just never worked out. Um, so I Because Aguilar could couldn't catch void. footballs, so that was He couldn't catch problem. footballs, which that helps, I think, in fantasy. Uh, and in real football, too. If he actually sure. contracts so, coronavirus lands, at some excellent. point, if Nagler ah! gets coronavirus, <laughs> oh, no. the jokes are going to be relentless. Oh, my God. It is going to be <laughs> so bad, but so stay funny. Safe, Nelson. And I do not wish it on anybody, but no, the joke, yes, please, Nelson, stay safe. But the jokes will write themselves if that happens. They certainly will. All right, fellas, certainly good things are ahead, I think, for Wentz uh, and the Eagles offense. Hopefully the same is true for number nine because we had some a little bit of pushback on Twitter when I put out the article for our top 10 quarterbacks. They said, this guy should not be in the top 10. It is Baker Mayfield, mm. the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And last year, the hype was out of control yeah, with this offense. But rightly so. I mean, they had they have the best weapons in the NFL. I think we yeah, can say that. I think so. With o- Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Now you have Austin Hooper and David Njoku and the two running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, there are no excuses for Blake Baker Mayfield right. anymore, and he's still only entering year three. So he's still young. Um, certainly, there's a reason he was taken with the number one overall pick two years ago in the NFL draft. He's at nine for us, guys. Is there a scenario that plays out where he moves ahead of a guy like Carson Wentz or Josh Allen after the season? Yes, there's definitely such a scenario that plays out. Yep. Um, last year was weird. Uh, it was backwards. Odell was terrible. Baker took a step back in his second year after looking pretty good in his rookie season. And through picks willy-nilly, he was like, if Jameis Winston wasn't in the league, which he, of course, is. and no, Well, actually, right now he doesn't have right teams, now he's so not, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Technically, he's unemployed. So right now, Baker Mayfield is the worst interception thrower on an NFL team. <laughs> Say, let that sink in. Unless Nathan Peterman's still on a roster, which I'm not sure about. Oh, Peterman. Um, I kind of want to look that up. <laughs> yeah, you let me know because that's pretty important to my Baker argument. Uh, Bets, Bets in the lead-in accidentally tried to say Blaker Mayfield. Blake Bortles is kind of what Baker Mayfield looked like last year. He Easy. was bad. Easy. Um, oh, and my God. But, but, I don't think that's what necessarily we should expect. I think that coming into the league, we all thought this guy is really good. He could be a new uh, one, you know, one of the faces of the league. He's for sure a franchise quarterback. Then we saw his rookie year. A lot of that was confirmed. He didn't have, you know, as much opportunity. He wasn't started from the beginning. Um, and his weapons weren't as good as they've gotten since then with the addition of Odell and Austin Hooper. Uh, but... He was good. And then last year, he was not. And so I think that that more likely than not, he begins to rebound a little bit from that and gets better as the years progress. Um, and to your point, the weaponry that they have, 
I think maybe it was a gelling problem last year. They fired their head coach. They have a new head coach, uh, one who I think will be decent. Freddie Kitchens was not ready to be a head coach. Not uh, nobody, nobody thinks that anymore. A lot of people didn't think that when he got the job. Um, so I think that if that if that offense can gel a little bit more, that's all that it will take for the talent that they have to begin to translate into offensive and fantasy success. And when that happens, it also translates for Baker Mayfield big time. So believe it or not, uh, I don't have him in my top 10 technically, so I agree with the the uh, Twitterverse <laughs> technically. I have him at 12, but he is a QB1 for me, and I think he has a very good chance of jumping up to your point bets potentially higher even than the couple guys you just mentioned I think he could be a top five guy if things really pan out he has a lot of upside yeah I yeah certainly young enough too you know yeah just I feel like I feel like we get so stuck in what was supposed to happen the year before that we just forget that For I mean sure. this dude literally has played one and a half seasons in the NFL and everyone's ready to jump ship and let's not forget he was the most accurate quarterback in college coming out and set the rookie record for passing touchdowns two years ago while only playing half the season. So I think there's still a lot to love with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, I talked about how the can or I'm sorry, the Arizona offense could be set to absolutely just blow the top off the league and, and, you know, be as explosive as Kansas city. There's a scenario for me where Cleveland can do the same thing because of the talent that they have. And we talk about it all the time when wide receivers change teams it doesn't always translate to like immediate day one success, chemistry, stuff like that. Last year was OBJ's first season there with Baker Mayfield. Now they have a full year under their belt of, of you know, learning each other, working together, trying to get on the same page. I think that we see that relationship uh, grow in, in year two together. And... Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, he's one of the most talented wide receivers in, in the league. It's been a couple years since we've seen that translate into production, but I think that there's a chance that the ceiling for Baker and for that offense as a whole is higher than Philly. It's higher than Buffalo. Um, that's They have that ability to be like a top five scoring offense because of everything yeah. that they have in place. So... I think that by putting him there, I had him ranked as 10, um, was because I think it was just such a weird, bad year. And you also have to kind of look at at leadership on a team, right? Everyone is ripping on Bill O'Brien um, for Houston. Freddie Kitchens didn't exactly set the tone in Cleveland and lead that team well. Stefanski has come in, and everything that I've seen from him has been very professional, and like very like it's this is business and and I think that he's going to do a better job of leading that team and creating a positive culture there that will work with big personalities like Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm banking on that offense taking a big step forward um with third year Baker Mayfield, second year together with OBJ and a new coach. Question. Answer. Yeah, and those Go ahead. Uh, this is an enjoyable hypothetical for everybody. If the Browns and the Chiefs traded head coaches, how high would Baker Mayfield jump? If they got Andy Reid, I would probably have five. him at like 
I was going to say four or five. Yeah, I think that is the difference that a coach like Andy Reid could make. So I don't expect necessarily Kevin Stefanski to be Andy Reid. But if Baker has that kind of upside just from getting a legitimate offensive-minded head coach in instead of a bumbling Freddie Kitchens that did nothing good for that team, maybe Kevin Stefanski can get you halfway there and he goes from being our number 10 to our number 7 very quickly. Yeah. It's a and great a question. That was a really good hypothetical. I wish I had the number in front of me. I'll, maybe I can pull it up and put it up on Twitter at some point. But according to PFF's uh, most accurate quarterbacks from play action, it's like a minimum, I think, of like 100 attempts or something like that. Baker Mayfield led the NFL in how good he was with play action passing compared to not throwing uh, out of play action. And what does Kevin Spansky love to do? Play action with those running backs like we saw with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins last year. So... I think that's an excellent point, Okada, that you know the coaching changes. We don't just talk about their philosophy, but the leadership, like John said, does it fit with the quarterback's strengths? I think this is going to be recipe for success uh, for Baker here uh, in his third season. Guys, next player on our list, everyone we've talked about has just been so young. Let's give a little respect to the old guys mm. in the league. And I say old, he's not that old. Matt Ryan coming in at number 10 in our consensus ranks. He is, I believe, 34 years old, so certainly older than uh, all the other players we talked about. But guys, when you have a wide receiver like Julio Jones and an up-and-coming stud, I think, in Calvin Ridley, how much they pass the football, there is a lot to like still about Matt Ryan, who probably has at least, what, two to four more top ten seasons left in him. Yeah. uh, Here's the interesting thing about Matt Ryan, Betts. You mentioned his age. If he was 25, like a lot of the guys above him on this list, I think he'd be top four for me, probably. Top four or five. Because that offense is perennially excellent. The weaponry is insanely good. Julio Jones got, you know, his his extension there. He's going to be around. Uh, let's find out exactly how much longer he's going to be around, because that might be helpful. But I think he probably gets another couple years even after this contract is up. He's going to play into his you know, for sure, early 30s, maybe mid-30s. And then you also have Calvin Ridley. You have Todd Gurley in the backfield for this year. If that goes well, you maybe get Todd Gurley, uh, you know, re-upped for a three- or four-year deal at much less than he got paid by the Rams because that was stupid, and no one should pay their running backs that much. But then you have an elite running back in the backfield. If it doesn't go well, they go out and get someone. They're probably going to draft someone anyways. Um, It's a great offense and I think that they have the upside every year to be top five offense and with Matt Ryan at the helm that's pretty much how they conduct that offense entirely so if they're top five offense he's a quarterback who has that kind of upside and potential and additionally their offensive line was garbaggio last year I think it dealt with a lot of injuries um, it could yep. certainly get better pretty quickly and if that happens it, that helps a lot too so we were talking about Russell Wilson being a locked-in top-five quarterback until he's not. Um, that's how I feel about Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a locked-in top-five wide receiver until he's not. Like, he's mm-hmm. just so good. Age doesn't matter. He's just going to keep balling, and, and I'm going to trust him until he doesn't. Like, he's one of those players that I'm not going to try to get out early on Julio Jones if I have him. Like, I'm riding that into the sunset until I literally see a massive drop-off. And then I'll try to sell him on name value for pennies. But I am if I have Julio, he's on my team until, like, basically he retires. 
Um, he is 31 years old. Um, he is under contract through 2023. He has four more seasons under contract in this offense. Yep. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And maybe it becomes a thing where at some point Julio does the Larry Fitzgerald move inside and adapt his role potentially could happen. Um, but I'm trusting Julio Jones until I see him fall off. That's just how that's going to go. And if you have Julio Jones, perennial top tier wide receiver up and coming, you know, talent around that in Calvin Ridley, you've got a good run game with Gurley. Um, yeah, Matt Ryan has everything that he needs, um, to deliver. So yeah, I think that him at 10 is about spot on. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes, sir. And he definitely has the upside. We've seen a couple of top five finishes with him in the past couple of seasons. So he definitely has the upside uh, to make that jump into a top tier fantasy option at the quarterback position. Guys, that rounds out the top 10, but we've got a few minutes left on the show. Let's break down a little bit more uh, of a disagreement here Mm. with our ranks. We have Aaron Rodgers as our consensus 11th quarterback in Dynasty. And guys, I'll be honest with you. That's because of me. Yeah. Uh, Okada and John. Both have him up at what nine. Is it, nine. Yep. Yes. I have him down at 16, which is why he wow. falls to 11. And I know you guys are going to say, Betts, what the heck is wrong with you? Uh, is yeah. this uh, loss of Geronimo Allison, Betts? Be honest. <laughs> yes. I had him at 12, and then I tried to drop him <laughs> to 16 without Geronimo because of how good he was. <laughs> you guys remember spending like a month straight trying to figure out who the yes. one is? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a futile oh, argument. So stupid. Uh, But anyway, back to Aaron Rodgers. We just talked about with Matt Ryan. One reason is age. The other reason is just the fact that I think Aaron Rodgers' best days are behind him at this point. With Matt Ryan, I don't think that's the case. He is still throwing extremely efficiently. He still has um, an excellent offense around him. And does Aaron Rodgers have a bona fide stud? Yes, Devontae Adams is legit. He's the man. But outside of that, there is literally question marks all over the field. Uh, And I don't know that the other weapons are going to be good enough to elevate him to being a QB1 or a top nine asset like you guys are suggesting in Dynasty. We talked about adding a rookie wide receiver. I think they do that, and certainly that helps. But by the time that rookie comes around and really gains Aaron Rodgers' trust, it might be too late for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So I think age is a big concern for me. The other issue is just in recent seasons, Specifically, the past two, we haven't really seen the rushing that he has previously provided in fantasy. I don't think we'll ever see that come back. So maybe my rank of 16 is a little harsh, but I can't put him inside my top 12. All right. Well, he finished 10th last year, and they're going to get an upgrade at wide receiver probably in the draft. So I I, I don't think that having him down at 16 or expecting the, the wheels to fall off, I, I just... I don't see it. Like, does he have the same arm talent that he did five years ago? No, he doesn't. He he is losing a little bit of that arm talent. But we've seen it with aging quarterbacks, like with Drew Brees, that they when you get to a point where you are a master of the game as much as these guys are, it doesn't always matter in terms of pure arm strength. If you can manipulate the defense, if you can set up a defender, if you can pump a guy off and then open it up for another receiver, great. Um, He was still a top 10 guy this last year, and he's just someone that I think that he knows the game so well. He's so smart about football, just understands the inner workings of everything. Um, Has Aaron Jones, who can catch passes out of the backfield. Um, 
has Devontae. Jamal Williams can too as yep, well. Yep, he can too. Um, Devontae Adams, we know, is fantastic. I, I just think that we're not going to see a dip. We might actually see a slight increase in his stats if they get a better number two option like we were talking about uh, earlier. Um, you know, Alan Lazard is is still there, and he's a big body. The dude's 6'5", um, and he's developing. So you could – and he's earning Roger's trust as well. So you could look at having, you know, a – one of the top flight wide receivers, a top five wide receiver in this draft class with Alan Lazard and Devonte Adams and have a pretty good cast of characters around him for him to go out and continue to put up good numbers. He's not like the top guy anymore. You know, there was like a five year stretch where he was the locked in quarterback one off the board every year. He's not that anymore, but I don't see him falling off the edge of the planet and no longer putting up quarterback one numbers. Yeah, and just to be just to be completely clear, you know, this is my dynasty rank. I'm going to rank him as a top 12 option in redraft. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at the guys that I'd rather have a, ahead of him, I would take a second-year quarterback in Daniel Jones. I would take newly signed Ryan Tannehill. Just examples of guys that I would say longer term I think are better set up for success. That if you ask me in two or three years who is a better quarterback to have on your roster, I would lean those guys over Rodgers. But I agree. Um, we haven't seen the production fall off a ton. Uh, and certainly, I think he'll still be a top 12 option in 2020. So I'm, I'm with you guys in that aspect. Our number 12 quarterback here in consensus ranks, Jared Goff, who, you know, as of just a couple years ago, looked like he was set up to be an elite fantasy option for years to come. And then, guys, the LA Rams offense has completely shifted. I mean, this offense looks completely different than it did just, what, the beginning of last year, yeah. even? Uh, moving parts all over the place. Brandon Cook's injury concerns wasn't really productive last year. Todd Gurley, obviously, out of town. Guys, let's chat about Jared Goff. Uh, John, I believe you were lower than yeah. Okada and I on him. Let's chat about why that yeah, is. Yeah, so you had Rodgers down at 16, and Okada and I both had Rodgers at 9. Um, Okada has Goff at 10. You have Goff at 9. I've got him all the way down at 17. Um I am. Such a hater. I know. One, I'm an NFC West guy, so maybe I'm a little biased. But <laughs> I am so concerned about what's going on down there. They've got him locked up on this massive contract. They just lost Gurley, who was like the engine of that offense when he was healthy. Um, Brandon Cooks is injured. They've lost several offensive linemen. They don't have any high draft picks. They gave them up in trades with, you know, for Jalen, um, so you saying Jalen Rager, Jalen Ramsey. Um, <laughs> they are, I mean, they're landlocked. They're just trapped. Like they, they don't have a way out of where they currently are. We looked at Gurley absolutely dominate the running back position for like a two year stretch. Like he and CMC were one, a one B. Um, he was the motor in that offense. So much of Goff's production was hitting Gurley out of the backfield. Like, Gurley's receiving numbers were fantastic. His receiving touchdowns down inside the five-yard line was a huge part of their game plan. Um, you lose that. You lose the motor of that offense in lacking or aging offensive linemen. Like, uh, Andrew Whitworth, I think, is coming back, and I think he's, like, 37 I don't even know how old Whitworth is at offense tackle. Um, he's getting up there. Yeah. yeah, he's lost a step. Like 
they are just not positioned well. Um, they're going to ask even more out of Goff with bad offensive line play and nothing at running back. I mean, Daryl Henderson, maybe he becomes a thing. Um, yeah, I'm just very concerned about that offense as a whole. And his decision-making last year really spooked me off, made so many bad throws, um, so many just bad, bad decisions. You know, he and Jameis, uh, like last year, it was Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield that were like the trio of terrible decision-making. And I just... They were having a contest yeah, they outside were. of the... Absolutely. Like just being like, hey, who can throw the most picks this week? Let's bet on it. Um, <laughs> and then Jameis said, hold my hold beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> I got everything. But his decision-making was terrible. No girly, bad offensive line, no draft capital. I, I just don't see him set up for success. Okada, you're up there with me. I've got him at nine. You're at 10, I believe, if I'm looking at the ranks correctly. Yep. So you see potential for bounce back like I do. Chat with us a little bit about why that is. And I guess you're going to say Cooper Cup at some point. Then. Oh, mm, I do love my Cooper second Cup. boy after I Kyler Murray. Uh, it's kind of this, Betts. It's sort of interesting for me. I feel like Jared Goff thrived for a couple years, um, including his one really good fantasy year uh, two years ago. Off of this offense being the best offense in the league, a lot of that ran through Todd Gurley to John's point. They would get down to the red zone pretty easily. Goff could throw a good amount of touchdowns, a healthy amount of touchdowns, and didn't, didn't need to do that much uh, elsewhere. That's not going to be the case anymore. However... What it might mean is that he starts to gain fantasy value as like a Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford kind of guy, where it's basically him and a pretty solid group of weapons. He has uh, the wide receiver one on that team, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Mmm, my guy, 10 touchdowns a year, lock it in. Uh, but seriously, Cooper Cup, very good receiver. Robert Woods, very good receiver. I don't know what to do with Brandon Cooks. First of all, what does he have left on this contract? Uh, he signed like a four-year deal, I think, so he's probably going to be there for a while. He's However, up for a couple of years, actually. Yeah, so. he has to uh, get a new helmet because the one he has is A, too big for his head, and B, seems to not protect him well enough because this man is more prone to concussions than almost anyone in the league. I honestly hope that he has more years in the NFL and doesn't like have a sudden end to his career after one more of these. Uh, because he's very, very talented and very good for an offense if he can stay healthy. So if he's there, that helps a lot. They also have two very good tight ends, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. We saw Higby explode last year. Everett's shown uh, good stretches as well. They may need to figure out a new running back situation, but potentially until they do, or if they just get a good pass catcher who also helps Goff, it's going to be maybe a situation where Goff is throwing... Uh, top five attempts, top three attempts in the league even maybe to make this offense work. And I think I trust Sean McVay to figure something out. I think low-key there was a little bit last year of them losing their identity because Gurley was still there, but they didn't know what the, how they wanted to use him. They didn't trust themselves to give him the rock like they used to. And so they were in this weird transitionary period. Uh, I don't know what our offense is. And now they've gotten rid of Gurley. That's out of the picture, and they have to figure out a new system. And I think that McVay will do it, and I think that a lot of it may rely on a lot of yardage from Jared Goff. So I think he could 
have this kind of upside or maybe even higher depending on how things pan out just based off of volume and the fact that he has good weapons and a good coach yeah i i felt like for me when i ranked him at nine it was mostly hinging on sean McVay. i mm -hmm. trust him i trust the philosophy i trust that Jared Goff, what we saw last year, is not really him. I mean, he's still younger compared to some other quarterbacks, obviously, in the league. Did he make some bad decisions last year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I agree. You know, the offense didn't know what to do with Gurley, and they didn't really ever figure it out, to be honest with you. I mean, Sean McVay was still giving Gurley, like, 20 touches in, like, week 16, week 17, when they were barely hanging on by a thread uh, in the playoff hunt. And, you know, I just think that is a big factor for them moving forward, is now we know what we are going to do. I would not be shocked to see them go to a 12 personnel set more often. And we saw that work for them last year as a whole with those two tight ends. So we'll see what happens. I just trust Sean McVay. I think he'll figure it out. All right, boys. What a podcast. What a show. Mm. 12 quarterbacks. Lots of good discussion there. Um, and I think we did a really good job of letting Okada know his quarterback is not in the top. Yeah, yeah. 10. No, no right, Patriots. That's the take-home point No Patriots the in show. this podcast makes me happy. <laughs> Listeners, if you like what you're hearing, we really do appreciate it. If you would go ahead and drop us a rating and review in your podcast app, it helps the podcast grow a ton. If you're looking for even more fantasy football content, head on over to the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Check out the YouTube channel. We have a new rookie profile by yours truly on Clyde Edwards Elaire, John's boy. Yes. Uh, and of course, there is the Patreon package, patreon.com slash redshirtspod. All right, fellas, let's get out of here. Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.